I was preparing for today, I was thinking about Pastor Barry and his 40 years in ministry and 40 years in marriage. And uh, they actually had it up here where it's 40 years of faithfulness. You know, to do anything for 40 years, you go through some trials, you go through some tribulations, and you have to stand in order to overcome during that period. A lot of people quit before they get there. So I was thinking, what am I going to call this today? And I thought, well, wimp or warrior. And I thought that would work, you know. Are you guys wimps or warriors? Are you faithful or unfaithful? But I came to the, to the title of the faithful few. The faithful few. Because you see, most people aren't faithful to do what it takes, whether it be in a club, to do what it takes in a business, to be promoted, to be in marriage, to be faithful to it, to, to overcome those tests. So I was looking at that, and I actually went to the dictionary and looked up what a wimp was. I'm, I'm real theological today, you know. What is a wimp? So it says, one who cannot and will not stand but chicken outs and quits. That's in the Webster's Dictionary of a wimp. One who's a chicken and, and quits. So then I thought, okay, what's a warrior? And it says, one of great courage does not quit and can be trusted under pressure. So are you an unfaithful wimp or a faithful warrior? Are you going to stand under pressure? And you know, while I was thinking about it, it made me think of that old hefty, 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 wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. It had to pass test in order to be a hefty sack. Well, which are you? Are you a, a wimp or a warrior? You can answer that. If I'm speaking your number today, look real cool in here, man. Just look straight ahead and say, yeah, man, them wimps, I don't like them wimps. But Go home and get right, but don't, don't say, oh yeah, I'm the wimp, okay? That's not a good thing to say today. I was thinking about it, and God put a, some, some things on my heart that, uh, of, of what some faithful people were in the kingdom of God. In Matthew 25, it talks about people giving talents. See, everybody here has been given a grace by God. And it talks about whether or not those talents are being used by God. One was given five talents, and he came back and uh, he said, the master said, well, what have you done? He doubled it, made, got five more. Another one was given two talents. He doubled it. But then it goes on to say that the unfaithful servant took the talent and he buried it. Did nothing with it. Didn't value it. Well, see, whenever God gives you an ability, are you faithful to use it to what God has called you to do? That's being faithful. And in order to do that, remember the word warrior was somebody who could be trusted under pressure. It takes strength to stand, strength to fight for years, especially 40 years, amen? Anybody who's been married more than, well, a couple hours would, would, would know that. So be faithful all the way. Proverbs 25:19 says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth. Well, I don't know about you, but if I had a bad tooth, I'd be, you know, as kids, especially whenever we thought we were going to get a dollar under the pillow or a quarter, man, we'd be trying to knock it out. We'd be grabbing a pair of pliers and try to break it out. You got an unfaithful tooth, you want to get rid of it. You can't even bite into a good steak if you've got a bad tooth. Or eat ice cream because it hurts, right? You want to get rid of it. Same thing goes in any other aspect of your life. If you've got somebody in your life that's unfaithful, that won't stand, that you can't trust, do you want to promote them? You want promotion in your life, you've got to be faithful to the things you're supposed to do. Don't give people more ability, more authority, unless they're faithful. With us and a lot of the clubs, we'll prospect people. Make sure that they're faithful. Make sure they're going to stand up. Make sure that they aren't going to give in into every little thing that happens. Are they really going to be warriors? Are they really going to stand? Or are they wimps? I remember when I first came to uh, the tribe and I showed up. It's been almost 20 years ago. There's a guy, uh, some of you guys know him. He, his name was Moose. He was a bandito for many years. 
and Moose was in a tribe at that time down in Houston. They asked me to introduce myself. Moose started laughing, hit the guy in the back of him and said, ha, 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 I'll have this yuppie out of here in a couple weeks. Right? And Moose was a pretty big old boy. And I had to, to decide right then, am I going to do this or am I going to stand? Well, after I became the international vice president, uh, Moose ended up going on to heaven. He said before he died that he requested that I speak at his funeral because he, I was the only yuppie that he respected that would stand. You know, that honored me. Not that he called me a yuppie, okay? But the fact that he asked me to speak at his going away party. Are you faithful? Are you one of the faithful few or not? Well, I looked at some of the Bible in some of the different places where, uh, where people were faithful. And I looked at King David. King David wasn't always a king. He was a shepherd boy. He was singing out, watching his little sheep, singing songs, playing his harp. Sounds like a real warrior, doesn't it? Whenever I was younger, I was in boxing, only because, mainly because I kept getting beat up, right? Partly because of my mouth. I would go to these boxing matches. I knew that after not too long that I wasn't going to be a good boxer. First, I didn't like to hit people and see them hurt. But I also didn't like to get hit because it hurt. Real good sport for somebody, right? Boxing, you don't like to hurt people and you didn't like to get hit. But uh, I overcame that and actually did fairly decent after a while. But I had to learn that whenever I hit somebody and I dazed them, not to take my guard down. See, if you're in a fight, you don't take your guard down. You keep up. You keep protected. You take out and you keep fighting. If you're in the ring, you better be ready to fight. And King David had a situation in his life where, where this giant came in and he was against the, uh, the army of God. And he showed up and his, his brothers are like, man, you know, this is a big guy in front of us. He said, well, who takes him out? What do they get? And he said, well, you get the king's daughter. And he thought, king's daughter? Man, that means money. And she's kind of cute. She's fine looking. And then he found out that she didn't have to pay taxes. So wait a minute. You mean to tell me if I take out this uncircumcised Philistine? That basically means he's a loser. You mean if I take him out and I fight that I get the king's daughter and I get, don't have to pay taxes the rest of my life? Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. So he actually uh, went and took King David and went to war against him. Remember that story? Anybody as a child remember that? King David and, and Goliath? He did not know he was going to be a king until the opportunity of taking down the giant had already occurred. You may have a giant in your life. It may be financial. You may have a giant in your life where the enemy's trying to tell you, you're hearing doctor reports that you're, you've got cancer. Some of your friends may be on a situation like that. Well, you know what? Jesus bought and paid for it. It can be overcome right now. But are you going to fight? A few years ago, I had an internal bleeding situation and stuff, and I was at the Mayo Clinic, and they were giving me bit, real bad reports. I got down to about 120 pounds. I had to make a decision. Was I going to believe what the Mayo Clinic was saying or was I going to fight? No matter what you're dealing with, you better be a fighter. Amen? I don't care what is going on in your life. You better be a fighter. You may say, I'm a lover. Well, you better be a fighter if there's somebody in the ring with you. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can overcome it. You can whoop it if it's in the ring with you. Are you going to be faithful to do what you're supposed to do or not? I remember a few years ago... We were starting a chapter up in the Northwest. And a club up there said, hey, what are you guys doing? We don't know you. They said, we want to talk to you. So I flew up and they took me into this, uh, this room at their clubhouse. Took me downstairs into the basement. They said, come on in here. Well, I noticed there's this underground meat locker down there with doors about that thick. 
And that's where they wanted us to meet. They come in, they slam the door. They had their guns out on the table. They had different things hanging on the wall there that were from like old torture stuff from Eastern Germany. And it makes you feel real good, right? You're in an undersellar situation. Later on, I'd found out that they had met and talked about all the questions they were going to ask us about what we were doing there, what our plans were, who were we. They didn't know us, right? You don't trust somebody you don't know. You find out whether or not they're, they're truthful, whether they're uh, a fake or not. You don't trust it in battle. So we're in this situation, and they slammed the door, and they started asking us questions. They wanted to get to know us. I said, well, you know, who gave you the authority to be here? There's one question that they didn't ask themselves in preparation. They said, who gave you authority? I said, God. He told us to come here and help you guys, to be here for you. And they didn't know how to respond. They said, wow, well, okay. Well, we've been doing great up there ever since. Whenever they closed that door, I had to determine, was I willing to die for Jesus Christ? Was I willing to stand or not? And it gave the opportunity for us to go up there and have great, great relationships with the clubs up in that area. The, the situation is, is when you are in a battle, are you going to stand? Are you going to back down or are you going to be faithful? Are you going to be a faithful warrior or an unfaithful wimp? Amen. So King David obviously stood. He took, he took the giant down, as we all know. Man, if there's a giant in your life, look at that as opportunity. Amen. Anybody here remember Daniel in the lion's den? He was thrown in a situation with a lion that hadn't been fed for a couple days. <laughs> Reminds me of a, a friend of mine uh, lived in Texas. He used to have a lion. He told some of his friends to come over. Hey, come on over, man. I got Fluffy. Fluffy was this white little bunny rabbit. Pink eyes. Real pretty, sweet little bunny. And he's like, come on over, man. We're going to throw this bunny inside this cage. His wife was the same type of response. Uh, I'm thinking, man, that's a good bunny. Let's eat it. So... He, he decided to go ahead and invite all his guys over. Well, the same type of thing that happened to Daniel happened to that bunny. That little lion ended up thinking it was a little cub or something, I guess, and ended up taking it in, putting it in between his paws and putting his head down on it. I think it should have been eaten myself, but, you know, at least on my table. I better move on. Are you going to be like Daniel in the lion's den and stand? It doesn't matter what you're going through. Are you going to stand? Bible talks about Paul. Paul says, you know, I've been going through trials, tribulations. I've been knocked down, persecuted, but he got back up. Are you willing to get back up? It's not whether you've been knocked down. Anybody in here never been knocked down in any part of your life? Yeah, every one of us have. The question is, is are you an overcomer? Are you willing to get back up and fight? Are you willing to do what it takes and stand back up? Are you going to whimper down? We're supposed to be fighters. We're supposed to be overcomers in this world. Amen? And through this, I started thinking about it. And in 2 Samuel, it talked about King David, and he ended up getting in a situation where he had to leave and go hide out in a cave. And there were 400 people that went with him. It goes on, you know, King David won battle after battle after battle. This shepherd boy was a warrior. Had a, a, lot, of, a lot of respect in, in all the kingdoms and people around and it made me think of some of the guys that are here. He had four people that were stronger than the rest. One of them took out 800 men. Sounds like a pretty tough dude to me. And these were the guys that, that were around David. He said four were more honorable than the rest. How many is four in, of, of 400? It's 1%, right? 1% of his people, it says, that were more honorable and more faithful than the rest. Are you going to be in that 1%? 
Are you going to be a 1% person that's going to stand for what you know you're supposed to be? Or are you going to be a weak wimp? Amen? Three of these guys actually crossed over into the enemy's camp to go and get water. Man, can you imagine that? There's water over there behind their lines. Man, the boss wants water. You willing to die for it? I'm willing to die for it. Let's go get him water. It's just water. But they honored the man. They were faithful to him. And they were willing to lay down their life to go into the enemy's camp, to cross over and to put their life on the line. See, that's the way Christians are supposed to be. That's the way men are supposed to be, being that 1%, right? You know, you everybody seen some of them Western movies, black and white movies, where it shows guys come around shooting and the women underneath the carriages. And there's the preachers underneath the carriages too, hiding out. That's deception, man. If you're a man of God, you aren't supposed to be hiding underneath a carriage. You're supposed to be out leading in the battle. Be a real man, amen? Be one of these 1% guys that came out of King David's army. One other story. You remember Gideon? Gideon, he was a, a faithful warrior that would triumph against the odds. If you're in a battle, man, there's odds against you, man, left and right. And enemy's trying to tell you you're going to lose. Anybody here ever had them thoughts, we aren't coming up, we're going to lose? You're still here, aren't you? You overcame. See, God's plan is for you to overcome time and time and time again. And see, the enemy tries to tell you you aren't going to make it this time. No, not this time. Yeah, you are. You fight. You fight until the end. Amen? Whenever I was uh, drag racing, I mean, I hit the wall and, and, and I was life lighted out and stuff. I came out of the, the coma situation the next, well, within 12 hours. And I asked my wife a couple questions. You know, where was I? What happened? Did I win? And is the Harley okay? Right? And then, then a couple hours later, my question was, let's build a new bike. When are we going to get a new bike? Because, see, I knew that if I didn't get back on and I let that fear come in, that it would get a hold on to me. I had to deal with fear straight in the eyes and say, oh, nope, I'm back on a bike. I'm racing again. Are you willing to get back up just because the enemy took you down? See, some of you need to get back up in the saddle because the enemy told you that you lost or scared you or, or whooped you in something. Man, get back up. Fight. Be faithful. Be faithful. I can tell you that in 40 years of ministry, 40 years of marriage, there's times where they wanted to quit. Well, maybe I can't speak for them. I can speak for me. In just 17 years of marriage, there's times that I've wanted to quit. And I've got a beautiful wife. This is my wife, Shara. More, more often, she's wanted to knock me out. But I couldn't do what I'm supposed to do without her beside me. I couldn't fulfill what God's called me to be without her standing there. Amen? See, a lot of times God puts people in your life to help you, to be a backbone for you in that trial, in that fight. Say, man, you can take them. You can overcome them. You can whip them. Amen? And she's been there for me. Be there for the people who are around you, who God's put in your life, whether they be in your club, whether they be business partners, whether they be people at work, whether they be family. Stand together. So uh, Gideon was this guy, and uh, he was hanging out inside. There was, there was wars going on, battles going on. And so he was hiding out inside uh, this, this place where they made wine, threshing wheat inside this wine press. He was hiding out. Sounds like a real warrior, doesn't he? Let's go hide out. Sounds like one of those TV shows where the Christians were underneath. And an angel of the Lord came and said, You know what? You're supposed to deliver your people. You're supposed to get out of here and deliver your people. And he's like, wait a minute. I like what the message it says. I'm the biggest runt of them all. 
That's the way he looked at himself. Don't look at yourself in the natural the way you look at his size. Look at yourself the way God has called you and anointed you to do based on the graces God has given you. And you'll come up and you'll overcome. Amen. See, Jesus is faithful to finish anything he started in us. So Gideon, he started out with over 30,000. And God said, wait a minute. There's too many of you that are in fear. Get them out. Don't go to war with people in fear. They'll quit. They'll take off and run in the heat of the battle. I'd rather have ten people that were warriors that were willing to go into the battle with me and and fight till the end than 20,000 that were going to quit. Unfaithful. See, God knew this. So he said, get them people that are afraid out. So 22,000 left. And then God said, wait a minute, there's still too many. They're fighting against 100,000. What do you mean? 10,000 is too many. And he said, all right, go down to the pond. And I'll show you which ones. Well, some of them hadn't drank in a while, so they come and they get down to the pond and they start drinking. And God said, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Keep the ones that are lapping the water. Well, why? Because if you're in war and you're lapping the water, you're looking around. Is anybody coming? I'm alert. I'm ready. I'm ready for battle. It's not, oh, no, give me water. Oh, poor is me. They were willing to fight. And 300 of them took and stayed. 300 out of 30,000, 1% were willing to fight. The rest of them were all wimps. Are you the 99% or the 1% that's going to fight? You know, 15, I was just thinking when Pastor Barry was, was talking, 15 years ago, 15 years ago this summer, we did a situation where we, uh, we invited some different guys to come to a Mexican restaurant and bought them lunch. I created a plaque that had John uh, 15, 12, and 13. Greater man hath no love than this than to lay down his life for his brother. And we gave it to, the, to, to him at that time. And there were a bunch of the brothers that were there. And you know what? They've been faithful to be a friend of mine. They've been there for me whenever I've called them. They're here today, amen? A lot of the guys. And you know, I appreciate that. But whenever you give somebody your word... See, I told them I was going to give them, give them my word that day that I'm here for you, I'll fight for you, I'll stand for you, I'll be faithful to do what I've told you I was going to do. Not judge you, but I'm going to love you. And I handed them a plaque at that day. Fifteen years ago this summer. Could have been this month, I don't know. And uh, I was looking at those pictures the other day about how, how much has happened in 15 years. You know, and it blessed me to think about how And during that period, how there were times where, you know, I may not have wanted to go out and do things, but I didn't quit. Didn't want to get out and ride in the snow or something like that, or, you know, cold weather, not so much the snow. And I didn't quit. But you know how come I didn't quit? Because of that covenant that I made with them, that I'm going to stand here for you. See, you better be in covenant with somebody. Whenever you say, give them your word, that's a covenant. That's a contract. If you aren't a man of your word, what good are you? And I started thinking about some people who didn't quit. You think, oh, you're just talking about things in the Bible. Let me read you a couple people who didn't quit. Anybody know who Vince Lombardi is? If you're in football, you know Vince Lombardi. Um, An expert said Vince Lombardi possesses minimal football knowledge and lacks motivation. Lacks motivation and minimal football. Man, the dude, the Lombardi trophy today is because of him. And it went on to say, Lombardi would later write regarding this. It's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get back up. 
Just because you've been knocked down doesn't mean that you are not still supposed to get up, fight, and overcome. Thomas Edison, you know who he is? Created these lights. Teacher said he was too stupid to learn anything. Too stupid to learn anything. He made a thousand unsuccessful attempts of inventing the light bulb. Anybody here glad that he didn't quit? A thousand unsuccessful attempts. See, it doesn't matter how many times you've been knocked down. The, what matters is, are you going to get back up and fight? Are you going to get on your feet and do what it takes? Amen? Well, a newspaper asked him, what does it feel like to fail a thousand times? Edison replied, I didn't fail a thousand times. I learned a thousand ways a light bulb would not work. That's somebody who's willing to fight. Keep going. Are you getting down? Oh, I failed. Are you willing to get back up and say, I'm going to do this? I'm going to do it. I'm going to complete what I started. Amen? Are you a wimp or a warrior? The most faithful person that's ever walked this earth is Jesus Christ. You may not know that. He went to the cross. You know what a cross would be today? Electric chair or gas chamber. And the difference is, is he did no wrong. He went to the cross for you. He was faithful to die so that we didn't have to. He was faithful to die on the cross and take our sins so that we could have eternal life. You may think, oh, hell won't be a big deal. Wait till you get there. It's not just that it's hot and you burn. It's the fact that Satan in the presence of Satan there. Hence, there's nothing but strife, fighting. Every day of your life for the eternity, you're going to be burning in hell and you're going to be basically in strife. It's not going to be a fun place. Jesus died so that none of us had to be there. It doesn't matter what anyone's done. It doesn't matter if you've, what you've done. The power of the blood took care of all of it. Man, before I met Shara, you can read my testimony. I was not serving God. Most of the commandments, I live breaking them every day. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's the goodness of God because he was so faithful. Jesus was faithful unto death. He died on the cross for us. He gave us the opportunity. You know the word saved? People think, oh, saved, yeah, okay, I'm not going to hell. It's more than that. It's saved from pain today. It's saved from, from lack. It's saved from poverty. It's saved from, from all kinds of stuff. He, if you're in a situation today, all you have to do is ask Jesus Christ to help you. And he'll bring you out of it. He'll bring you out of your debt. He'll bring you out of your lack. He'll bring you out of all kinds of problems. Things that you don't even need to experience. And he'll help you. You'll walk in the blessings of God. All you have to do is ask him. With every head bowed and eye closed... I'm not going to ask you to come up, but if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, man, it's a life. Jesus will take you the way you are right now and love you. Some people think you have to change. Oh, man, let Jesus deal with you later on that one. He'll take you the way you are right now, and you'll have eternal life with me. For additional teaching materials, write to Final Quest Ministries at P.O. Box 6456. Branson, Missouri, zip code 65615, or call toll-free at 1-888-685-8358. To learn more about Mike and Shara Canaday and Final Quest Ministries, check out their website at www.fqmin.org.